Hello and welcome to Mixed Modern Family. My name is QJ and I'm joined today by the lovely co-host, or my lovely co-host, Megan Fucciarelli. I'm doing a hand motion if you can't see me. Hey, Megan. Of course they can't see you, QJ. I love it. I know. Um, how are you doing? Not bad. I'm Not glad bad. to be here today. Glad yeah. to be recording another episode of Mixed Modern Family. It's always a fun time. It is. It is. I'm looking forward to today. Today should be a good one. We've got a it's, great guest with us. I think we do. I'm very excited. I'm staring yeah. at her. Hey, Aaron. how are you? Hey, guys. Great. I'm going to let you take the intro because right. you got it. All right. So Aaron Martinez is here today joining us. We're going to talk a little bit about parenting with transgender youth and also just parenting as a whole and how we can support our community and all of the people that live within it. Um, I actually met Aaron through Affirmations, which is a wonderful agency that focuses on gay, lesbian, transgender youth um, and adults. And I've done some work with them for quite a few years now, and I just really appreciate them. So Aaron, I'm so glad you're with us. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks and for having me. Absolutely. We'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Sure. Um, so I'm really excited to talk with you today about parenting a transgender youth. Um, before I was a parent, I was a social worker. So that's my uh, really important identity to me. Um, so I work as a social worker in the mental health field, and I'm also a wife and a mom. And um, I have one child who identifies as transgender, which is the topic that I'll mainly be talking about today. Um, but that's a little background on me. Awesome. Awesome. QJ, can you remind us about where Mixed Modern Family came from before we kind of get into this interview today? Yeah, thank you. Um, so um, Mixed Modern Family started as a, a response, a response to kind of some of the, the different things that were going on um, in the world a couple of years back where there seemed to be such a polarization of um, society of being like either for or against, be it like Black Lives Matters or Blue Lives Matter or like anti this or pro that. I mean, there was such a disconnect, it seemed, from uh, people, from just being human. And it seemed like if you were for something, it meant you stood against something else. And it seems like there wasn't a lot of conversation. One of the things we talked about on the air, uh, excuse me, off the air was how, like, it's so um, hard to hate up close. And by having that uh, bipolarization, we ha create a separation and we see each other from a distance. So part of Mixed Modern Family is to close that gap and to have some conversations, to shed some light on different stories and to share some stories and more so than to communicate, to listen to what other people's perspectives are. So that's what Mixed Modern Family is. And that's kind of how we started. And, and those are the conversations that we hope to have. And so, Aaron, with that, I guess I would like to say welcome to the Mixed Modern Family. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. So I can be honest, I don't have a lot of experience with transgender parenting. So I'm excited to have you kind of share your story because I'm going to be quite frank with you. I don't think a lot of people do. And I think that there are a lot more parents who probably struggle with it than realize. So having you here to kind of tell your story and kind of talk about it, I think will have a greater impact than we can even know. Because I think a lot of parents sometimes, even with just uh, dealing with sexuality in general, there's a lot of old school parenting and they just don't know what to do, you know, and, and I think about it, it you know, we, we kind of talked about the, some of the different aspects of it off air and uh, it, it's crazy how like it used to be so simple, but now there's so many different layers that I think we're just aware of. Yeah. You know yeah. what I kind of compare it to? 
Um, that's funny. I'm a comic book hero guy, so oh, sorry, no. ladies. I'm, I was born, there's one guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the dude. I'll take it to the male realm, but um, and now so, you're gonna be sexist with it too. I, you know, listen. I wow. I'm sorry. I'm listen. I can't win, so I might as well take the L like hard. You know. Um, no, but like I think about like Marvel comic books and how like uh, Iron Man and like the new Marvel comic universe, like Iron Man, like when he became a superhero, like he thought he was the only one. And then um, Samuel Jackson's character came out. This is a shout out to Stan Lee, by the way. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, Because he was all about diversity and inclusion. Like, if you guys didn't know, that's what X-Men started from. The idea was Uh because he wanted to create this idea of these cool people who were different, but, you know, were still people. But long story short, um, you know, before he became Iron Man, he thought he was the only one. And he didn't realize that there was all this other stuff going on. And I kind of feel like that's where we are in terms as a society. We used to just think of things as black and white and or, you know, gay or straight, but didn't realize that there was there's a lot more complexity to it. There's a lot more layers and things. Right. And so that's how I kind of see it. And I don't know what is that? No, no, I think that, I, I think that's right. And I, I know as a social worker, I've always said that ninety nine point nine percent of the families I've worked with, I always believe truly want to just love their children in the very best way possible. And I think I can only speak to my experience of parenting my child and and doing the best work that I I can do each day. But I think a lot of times it's hard to find other parents that are also on this journey. I do feel a little bit like Iron Man sometimes. And is anybody else out there? You didn't know because, there's another Captain America. Okay, they're, they're out. Or Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, there's a Wonder Woman out there. They're yeah. out there. But, you know, I, I don't, um, I think that they're out there and they want to do the best, but they're sometimes scared and overwhelmed. And, and, I'm, and I'm hoping that maybe, you know, um, efforts like this will reach those parents too and, and begin to open dialogues to help them. Right. And I love how you share that ultimately we want and our Mm -hmm. parents in our society want what's best for their children and they want to love their children. They just don't know how sometimes. Right. Right. When they're so different from their own upbringing. That's right. And that's something that we all look at all the time of people genuinely want to do good in this world. They're coming at it from their own previous experience and their own baggage that they bring to the table. So we've heard the similar mantras of we are not treated badly because of who we are. We're treated badly because of the person who's treating us that way. That's right. That they're the ones who are delivering that message. And I love that you brought in that most of our parents want to love their children and want what's best. They just don't necessarily have the tools. Right, right. And that's why we're really doing this collaborative effort with this podcast is to try and give those tools to let people in because it's hard to hate people up close, right? As QJ said, um, it's hard to hate people up close, but we also need to know people's stories because mm-hmm. we won't change people's minds by talking to their head. We change people's minds by talking to their heart. So I appreciate you talking to the hearts of our listeners um, and sharing your story today. And I think one big piece that we want to really kind of debunk, at least from what I notice in having these conversations, is that sex and gender are not the same. Thank you. And <laughs> that because someone is transgender means nothing about their sexuality. That is a gender piece. Correct. And I would love for us, and if you'd like to share or I can share, but just what the difference is between sex and gender. Sure. So um, I know 
when I was trying to explain to, um, you know, a family friend um, a few years back that uh, there was a name change and that uh, my child was transgender, the comment that was made was, um, I don't, well, how, how could, um, how could your child know that already? They haven't even kissed someone. And I, th- I think that that's like a, a really big misunderstanding a lot of people have. Um, we know even related to research regarding sexual orientation that in fact, a lot of people know at a young age that they have a sexual orientation that they may identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, and that's also separate from gender identity. Mm-hmm. And, and they're in completely different fields. And so gender has nothing to do with sexual orientation or who, who you like or how you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that conversation with that individual really highlighted to me that whether we're talking about sexual orientation or gender, the larger world often thinks we're talking about sex mm-hmm. and we're not talking about sex. And I think that's also why many people feel uncomfortable or they think that young people can't be educated about that because to talk about someone being gay or to talk about somebody being transgender, you have to talk about sex and you don't have to do that. You mm-hmm. simply can talk about how people feel about themselves and right. their own experience about themselves. So right. feel free to add to that, Megan, if, if there's pieces I'm missing. But Yeah, I that's probably the biggest piece, and I think you hit it right on the head when you said that you don't have to talk about sex to have the conversation about transgender. Um, I've been speaking to my son about sexuality as well as gender forever since he was born. I mean, he knows all of the proper names for everything. When we play the game of life, I ask him who he wants to marry. We talk about whether he feels like he's in the right body. And that sounds trivial to some, but we just talk about it. Like what makes you a boy and why do you like being a boy and what makes me a girl? And we talk about that. That's right. It is very binary in our household, but he also says, Mom, you act like a boy sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's where gender comes in, right? The gender spectrum. It's not a binary piece. That's right. And it's societal expectations of what gender is and what sexuality is. And it's interesting, you know, the the church that... um we would go to a bit when um, my child was um, young and my a, a family friend said, you know, well, I'd be uncomfortable because, they, you know, like for an example, there were two men there and they had a, a child with them and I wouldn't know how to explain that. And I said, well, you would explain it the same way you would about myself and my husband. If they're sitting next to you, say that's a mom and a dad. You don't say anything about our sex lives when we're, <laughs> when we're sitting next to each other. You say that's a mom and a dad. And that's if there's a very two, if there's two men, you say those are two dads, and they're parenting a child. There's there doesn't need to be a conversation re- regarding. And I think that this is just a really a really fundamental disconnect whether yeah. we're talking about sexual orientation or gender. Yeah, and you know. I sit back and I look at it as like, you know, from my perspective of, you know, you want your kids to be, um, you want them to like not feel pain and Mm -hmm. you want them to be like what you consider is like the happiest they can be. And I think you get caught in this loop of saying, well, like, hey, you know, obviously being what I want them to be is what's going to make them happy. So like I want them to be married and have kids and you know, not have to struggle and not have to go through these things. But the reality is that's not what 
their definition of happiness is. It's what your definition of happiness is. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I mean, even me with kids now and even being as, I don't think I'm fully aware, but I'm, I'm somewhat aware. Like, I feel like things change, but as being as aware as I am, I still feel like, you know, I just want my kids to be happy. Right. And sometimes I feel like as a parent, you try and give them our perception of what happiness is. You know what I mean? And that's really the hard part, the shift that you have to try and get away from. So how do you make that shift to like, you know, because at the end of the day, you just say, I just want you to be happy. I think every parent will always say that, like, look, I just want you to be happy. And it's hard to recognize that your definition of happy is not going to make your child happy. So how do you how does a parent who how does a parent make that slow change? Or recognition that, like, things are different for your child. Because, you know, you talked about, when you guys talked about, these arguments I have with my friends all the time about homosexuality and gender and sex and all that stuff. I knew kids we grew up with at, like, six, and we were like, yeah, he's gay. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't like a, you know, we're making fun of him type of way. Like, nah, dude's gay. (laughs) Like, it wasn't like a, it wasn't even like a, you know, humiliation thing. It was like, yeah, we know he's gay. Like, he didn't say he was gay yet, but... Pretty sure he likes boys. So um, my point is, like, but at the time, culturally, like, it wasn't, like, acceptable to acknowledge that. It right, was just, like, right. you knew it. But now, I mean, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you wrap your brain around this as a parent? I'm, I mean, my first thought as I'm hearing you say that, as I remember, um, and I say this as working as a therapist and, and when I'm training new people to do this work, I say the first thing you need to do is sit back you know, sit back in your chair, stop leaning forward. And, and I think of that um, when I sit back as a parent and I leave space for my child to tell me what his dreams are and what he imagines his life looking like, I stop getting in the way so much. And what I hope for and what I want to dream about, and I, I can get rid of that because that, you know, I'm working on my chance still. I'm living my life, but my role really is to support what his dreams are. And if I can't sit back and at least hear about those, um, I, I, he, he doesn't have room to dream then and he can't share it with me and I can't be part of that journey. So I think it's just almost the point that you, the introduction you gave to this very podcast mm-hmm. is listen, mm-hmm. you know, take, if you're not taking at least half hour, 45 minutes in your day, to shut your mouth and just hear your child's story, I think that 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 could be one change you're making because um, it blows my mind how actually informed and aware my son is about what he wants his life to look like, what he's making his life look like. And I think because he um, lives a life in um, a position as a minority in our world and has to fight against that, I think my child ha- is actually much more informed about mm-hmm. the road ahead and what's, what it's supposed to look like, because he has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just need to get out of the way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I had the amazing opportunity to meet your son, um, actually with one of the agencies that we work with that I spoke about in the intro. Um, but he is extremely well-spoken, um, and outspoken. Yes. And he is able to share and help people recognize his story without cramming it down anyone's throat. And I view youth in that light as a great testament to a parent who mm-hmm. supported them and allowed them to be that vocal and that outspoken while still being respectful. So... I appreciate 
your parenting with that. But I also think it's important for our community to recognize how important it is to sit back and listen. Yeah. So yeah. as we're both getting emotional over here. <laughs> um, because Wait, should I be getting emotional too? <laughs> I, you know, we'll, it's, we'll reel you in it's, in a minute. It's a bot. Okay. We'll bring you in very soon here. My eyes but, just, uh, they don't cry. They just sweat. Oh, well, we'll make sure that you're sweat in a few seconds here. <laughs> but I just would love to hear your perspective on what made that moment be okay for you to allow yourself to sit back. Is that from your background as a social worker? Is that from an experience you had as a parent where you said, oh, wow. I just wasn't listening. I'm yeah. an awesome. That's a beautiful question. Um, I think it, you know, I think that I cheated a bit in being a social worker. I've been a social worker for a bit over two decades. So um, thousands of amazing individuals have taught me how, I think, to do some good listening. And I'm really grateful to all those people. Um, I think that my son had a really hard road of it. Um, it's unbelievable how cruel and difficult people can be. And, you know, the minute that I saw my son be able to say, you know, mom, this is, this is who I think I am. I felt actual like relief. You know, I felt a sense of hope. And I also saw this person able to stand really solidly in that moment. And that is the difference between, you know, I'm, um, I'm super passionate about um, diagnosis around this community too. And so I think it's so important to recognize the difference between what oppression and stigma um, and discrimination does to transgender individuals and, and largely the queer community and and how that has really nothing to do, you know, a lot of what we see in, um, in the higher rates of self-harm and um, suicidal ideation and, and what often gets spoken to so often about this community has to do with how the community is treated yeah. and, and nothing more than that. And so when I saw my son be able to say, Mom, I think this is me, one, I felt privileged that, that that conversation that I was a part of that, yeah. but also I thought now now there's hope now there's something different and, and in fact in the next within about forty eight hours I was like hey there's this really cool program in Ferndale you know like we we should check it out um, and I think that that was just because I I thought like the first thing and I would really say that to parents like when you get a sense of um, community and and youth are not alone like it's a game changer i think for so many youth too so yeah it's such a <clears throat> yeah if i use this word wrong forgive me it's such a juxtaposition that we all seem to have to balance and you know uh being uh, you know you talk about a minority and or you know being someone that's dealing with your sexuality and being a teenager and being in this society as a whole it's all interconnected and sometimes we like to take the privilege of disconnecting one from the other you know like for example you can deal with all of those factors in, at once and it's the impact of all of those things together you know people always talk about like the straw that breaks the camel's back 
but they don't talk about like the impact of all of the straws together and how they push down they hold weight and it's the 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 way that together that they push down and and the force kind of comes down on you and we we always talk about um you know um these things are separate issues like we talk about like dealing with you know anxiety and depression outside of you know dealing with being a teenager outside of dealing with you know whatever issues be it sexism or whatever the other issues might be but they're all going on all at the same time so as a person it's a lot to deal with uh, this is kind of like how I I kind of use this opportunity to describe white privilege to some people. It's not that you get a pass for some things. It's just that you have one less thing you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I hope that resonates sometimes with people. Like, because they're like, I don't have, you know, I still got to get up and go to work every day. It's like, yeah, you got to get up and go to work every day. But you don't have to worry about like, you know, X, Y, and Z on your way there. Or you don't have to worry about people looking at you when you get there. Right. So, you know, that's kind of how... I kind of see it as like there's all these different factors and we don't ever connect how they all just stack up. So, yeah. And QJ, one thing I would love to do if we could just take a moment is when you were speaking about that, you mentioned sexuality again. And as we talked in the beginning, we talked about how sexuality and gender are two very separate issues. Okay. So and I think that's a common mistake that so many people make. And that's why we brought that up. Um, earlier of sexuality does not necessarily equate to gender. Gender is the binary system, or it used to be the binary system of cisgender, you're either male or female, and we've since realized the gender spectrum, and transgender is male to female transition or female to male transition, and sexuality or sexual orientation is who you're going to have sex with. And that's what we talked about before, who you're drawn to or who you're attracted to. Very different things. Your gender does not mean or define your sexuality or your sexual orientation. So it's just interesting to, I know you, I know you're a woke individual who really tries hard to understand. Uh, I'm a woke individual. I like that. I stay woke. (laughs) There you go. But again, even in those situations, and like we share all the time with us squared is I've been doing the work for 20 years and I still hold biases. Sure. You know, we all as individuals hold biases. We all hold our first impressions. We all hold our own perception of reality. So if we can just make sure that we're identifying sexuality differently than gender, um, because we've spoken about your son being transgender, but we haven't spoken about sexuality at all, correct? Correct. Um, And I would say that um, as a parent, it's really important to leave space um, Mm -hmm. to explore all of those issues for all of our kids. Um, I think that probably in our world today, I know um, just coming up against school systems and um, people's expectation of how you, quote unquote, should be, living as a transgender youth is probably the the issue that takes the spotlight. Um, but I think that also, you know, my son is navigating life identifying as gay too. And so, mm-hmm. um, but I don't, I, I think what you're speaking to, um, both of you is so important. And so I just put that out there to say mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, um, I would just encourage all parents to be able to keep their mind open and conversations open to let kids wonder and, and, and speak about that. 
You talked about school systems. Let's talk about school systems for a minute. Um, Being an educator for 20 years before I decided to do my consultant work full time, um, we actually, when Title IX, when President, previous President Obama signed the bill for gender neutral bathrooms and encouraged all schools to have gender neutral bathrooms, that was probably one of the busiest times in my consultancy career of how to make that work. And it was something so simple that could have such positive impact on so many of our youth, yet it was the most difficult transition I've seen in our school system since segregation and desegregation of our buildings. I think it confused a lot of people. It did because of the sexuality gender piece, right? It really threw people through a loop, but like when you see it in like practice, it really is like it's you not, just put up a sign for rough. both men and women on the door. Right. Like when you go to Starbucks, instead of it being like a men's and women's bathrooms, it's just two bathrooms. Right. And so, remember the memes that were all simple. over social media. Like it was going to be this rash of horrible things happening in the bathroom. And right. I just, I, I would love to kind of hear your perspective as a parent, yeah. but also any conversations when you sat back and listened to your son. Um, Sure. Um, Well, you know, it reminds me of what you were saying, QJ, about um, living living your life as a black man and and not being able to um, your day starts differently. So everybody's got to get out of bed and start the same day and go to work. But you experience that differently. Right. Um, The bathroom is not a simple issue. So if as a parent, I need to think ahead when we go on a road trip. So we went to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and, you know, just a shout out to the fine people that have really nice rest stops there. Like the only option is the family bathroom, which we stood outside of for 45 minutes because we, they, we were locked out of it. And that was the only bathroom option. And so you have to figure out as a parent, can we go another four, four hours, you know, and make it? Um, and, and there's, there's really no complexity if we can simply say, huh, like, it sounds like individuals need to use a bathroom that, um, matches their gender identity and that they feel comfortable in. And I wonder why it's a big deal. You know, let, let's just figure it out. And when we, when we hold on to the way things were, or we immediately come into that conversation with fear, um, we can't change. And so the school systems that the school my son is, is currently at um, is really good at saying, huh, we don't have a solution for that or we haven't navigated that yet, but talk to us. Let, let's sit down and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that most issues that come up can be resolved within about a half an hour <laughs> mm-hmm. when you have that attitude. Like Because as you're saying, it's not... A lot of the the complexities that people assume exist, they don't need to be that complex. So Mm -hmm. other things that come up, um, not just bathrooms, but um, preferred name, Um, it was such an enormous issue with so many. I I talked to over 30 different schools in our region, and about 28 of them had a problem with that. So that was simply, could the teacher call my child by their preferred name? Not necessarily their their identified name, I should say. Um, if If a school system or a teacher can simply make that decision and, and be able to call my, my son by 
his identified name versus a legal name, it makes an enormous difference. Um, you know, another example was as a parent, I'm coming in and saying, this is, this is my son and he's starting band and we're going to band camp and band camp, you know, the world still has like a male and a female to almost everything, um, rather mm -hmm. than a gender spectrum, um, or any sense of fluidity. Um, but in that way, being able to say, so that that's your gender identity. So you stay on the boys dorm mm -hmm. and, um, it was really a gift that that band director said, you know, I said, is that possible? And that band director said, well, it'll have to be because that that's your son. And, right. and so that's, we'll make that work. And you bring up so many points that to me bring up privilege, mm -hmm. right? Of the bathrooms and the privilege of most people can drive by someone who's on the spectrum, right? Of gender or someone who's cisgender can go to a rest stop and they know that they'll be able to use a restroom. Yeah. And when you're not necessarily cisgender, you have to plan out where to go to the bathroom. And that's a privilege that we don't think about because we can get off and go to a bathroom. Right. And we don't have to worry about what kinds of bathrooms are available for us because we're cisgender. I'm cisgender, so I can do that. And again, cisgender... Um, means basically the binary, right? Male, female. Or even so. the idea, I think, you know, as a parent probably, and I, I can only speak from my own parenting experience, but so many people will say, gosh, this must be so hard for you, which I, again, like my child, the last year of my child's life has been probably the best year of my child's life. Mm -hmm. um, there have been a, a lot of different struggles, but my child is living in a way that they feel he feels like totally himself. And I feel like younger generations, just like in the past, are always more open and like aware to, you know, these um, to, uh, I don't know how to say it. They're just more open. So like they're more accepting. Yeah. So yeah. it's not harder for them to process the idea of like, you know, the gender and the sex, you know, like, but I feel like older generations, because they didn't grow up with it, they don't, it's harder for them to process it. Is that what you think your child is experiencing, like, amongst their his peers, that for them it's not a big deal? For them, they don't, they probably don't understand why it's so hard to understand for adults. I, I think there is some truth to that, and I think it come it, it depends, too, um, you know, stuff flows downhill. Like it, it, it depends on what families they're coming from and the exactly. education of those families too. Because I think that, um, you know, children that have grown up in in homes where there's fear and um, and and hate, then they're generally giving that out. I think that by and large, the, it, the complexity of this, you'll hear young people say, like, it's it's not that hard to figure out, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that is true. But I, I think probably the biggest piece for me as a parent is the idea of safety. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily. I, I firmly believe that my child is going to live a really successful happy life um, because I think he's capable of that and wow. he dreams really big. Um, but there is a privilege when I pull into 
um, a restaurant or a new community I haven't been in, I find myself looking around to see who's around me. I find myself making assumptions. How will they judge my child? Um, I So I went to a car wash um, probably about six months ago. And, you know, I don't, I don't think this individual was being a hateful individual. I rolled down my window. I told him, you know, the type of car wash I needed. And he kept on looking over to see my son in the passenger seat. And he was kind of smiling. And then he finally said to me, what is it in reference to my son? And that you know, not only so that that was that was real hard for me um, to figure out because I I think that that lack of awareness was um, it wasn't hateful. It was just that this individual he didn't, didn't know. he didn't understand that calling yeah. a human being what it is, it? What is, is it? not okay. So yeah. I, I I wanted to provide a little bit of education, but I also wanted to think about my son's safety mm-hmm. and um, emotional and otherwise. And so I think, you know, and what was interesting to me is my so son was... So was a part of you like a mama bear, like, he's a human being. That's what he is. I mean, my mama bear <laughs> part, I'm not even talk about right now. What, <laughs> what I actually wanted to do as a mama bear. But I think what, what struck me was that, you know, when I looked at my son... Um, he kind of just like half smiled, like his defense mechanism was to be like, this happens, this kind of stuff happens, which makes me really sad as a mom because I hate that he has to learn to deal with that in the world. Um, But I think by and large, I don't worry about what marriage looks like or what children look like or things like that in his future. But I worry about, you know, we're recording this on Transgender Awareness Day and 28, 29 individuals have lost their life in the last year alone. And I worry about safety, you know? Yeah, and that's an important part to me, being in a interracial marriage for my kids is uh, worrying about their safety and their acceptance. Right. Um, and, but I did want to go back to something you said about, you know, that person you met, the, I think the challenge isn't the acceptance from the people that know and love you because they're going to know and love you regardless. How does someone who does not know how to approach that question or how to ask, what should they say? Like that person. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Like, what do you say? Because, you know, that's often the question, like. I don't know what to say. Like, so that's you know. a that's a phenomenal question. Um, first, you know, the one thing I've learned in the last probably five years of my life is you you don't need gender as much as you think you need gender. Um, mm-hmm. So I often, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of trying to help people rethink the whole reveal cake thing. You know, <laughs> you're having exactly. a beautiful baby. Celebrate hey, that. Don't, you know? take, don't take away um, my joy. We enjoyed our reveal cake. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think also like the, uh, the world that I think we're moving into. And if you go out to, um, you know, I, I teach a bit at the university of Michigan and we start class by saying, I say, I introduce myself. I'm Erin Martinez. I'm your instructor. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And that's how we start the day. 
okay. and, and every person follows. So I think that we're moving into a world that I hope eventually will look more like that. One of the things I've done is share that information with my son's high school. We can, we can really help to even things out. So, um, if you really feel like in order to move forward in this conversation, I think I need to know some sort of pronoun or how this person refers to themselves so I can mm-hmm. have a successful conversation. Not just because simply I'm interested, but like, because mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. that that's, you know, um, hey, I'm QJ and I go by he, him, uh, can you share your pronouns? And mm-hmm. that's a great way just to move in. Likewise, if you totally mess that up, mm-hmm. What I think almost every individual who identifies as transgender will tell you is, can you please not make it all about yourself? So these individuals are just, and it happens every day, you know, um, a waitress comes over and ma'am this and ma'am that and and will say, no, you know, this is my son. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I'm so sorry. And there's like 15 sorries. and, Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be all that. You know, yeah. just simply by saying, like, I'm sorry, and correct it and move on mm-hmm. is a great way to navigate. Um, and sure. don't come back with, oh, my gosh, my neighbor is too. <laughs> right? right? That, that's also not, that's not, not super that's helpful. That's not something that's helpful. <laughs> I can concur and, when they share that with yeah. the black story. Oh, my neighbor, Larry. Right. <laughs> and one thing that I say all the time with questions it, Regardless of what the question is, if you're asking the question for your own curiosity, it's probably not necessary. If you're asking the question because you're going to do something different based on that information, then ask the question. Sure. I tell Reese all the time, Reese is my son, I say his name because he's my love and I would never be able to not say his name because that's just craziness to me. But I tell my son all the time, if you're asking the question because you're going to do something with that information, great. You can ask me what I want for dinner tonight. Go make me dinner. Right. Like, that's great. But if you're just going to ask me a question because you're nosy, I don't want to know. Like, I'm not going to tell you. And you brought up names, so can I stop on that point for a minute? Um, Because I think that that's another really helpful thing for um, people who are new to this conversation or parenting. Um, so one of the things my son gave me was, I think it was on Facebook. I'm sorry if I can't properly credit it, but it's this called the story of a name. And, um, what, what this story is, is that this dad says, I worked really hard on your name and I spent a lot of time trying to pick it out. And a name is a gift mm-hmm. and I gave you the gift and turns out it doesn't fit for you. It's not the right size. Yeah. And, um, so I just want you to know I worked really hard and I was proud of it. It's okay if you don't like it, but please acknowledge that I loved it at one time when I gave it to you. Oh, so perfect. And I appreciated my son gave it to me, that story. And what my son was also saying is that's your journey, mom, about my name. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself. And so to all the parents out there, take care of yourself and give your kid their room for their journey. Cause, um, a name change is so important. A lot of the youth and the transgender community will use a term called dead name, and that's how it feels to them. Like, it represents a name, an identity that does not fit for them. A person um, that's not them. Yeah, and it, it, doesn't, it does not feel good for them to, be, to continue to hear that name. It feels, um, I, I, would, I, I can't speak to my son, but I you know, how it feels to him, but it's very upsetting to hear that name. And I need to, again, sit back in my chair and realize that I need to get over that. Like I worked hard on the name and that name is gone. And 
we got a new name now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some emotion there. I mean, you know, when I think about every name that I gave to all of my children, like, I did oh, think yeah. about those names, and I did think hard, and there was yeah. effort, and we put them through the make fun of test. Right, you guys right. do that when you have a kid? Oh, you yeah. make fun of the name first, so <laughs> right. you know what you might you be You got to practice yelling it to see yeah. how that comes out, yeah, right? Like you, <laughs> make so. sure it has the appropriate number of syllables. <laughs> if yeah. you're in education, make sure it doesn't bring back any post-traumatic stress. Exactly. So for me, like, yeah. the first test is like, how, let me make fun of this name first. Like, how many right. ways can I make fun of it? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's the one of the, it's the second gift you give your, for the most part, if you have natural birth, it's the second gift. Even regardless, it's one of the first gifts they get from a yeah. parent. So, um, there's so much, it's so funny how this ironic, I guess is a better word, so much emotional attachment for the parent yeah. and the shift in perspective and I think these principles, they hold true to all parents. And you go through these shifts with your kid. I mean, like, think about it. When your parents go from, like, I dread the day when my kids start calling me dad. And we're getting there. Like, when we go from when we go from being daddy to, like, dad to, like, hey, grown, hey old man. Right, right. You know? I told my son he will call me mommy until the day he puts me in the ground. There we go. It's yes, like, I am mommy forever. Mommy dearest, if yeah. you want. <laughs> It's like I I hold them for, like, dear life because I know these moments are, like, fleeting. And the realities you have to grow up with, you know, you kind of touched on something, too, that I wanted to talk about. And I feel like like we have to give our kids a a fighting chance to deal with the realities of the world. And when you were talking about your kid going through that car wash and dealing with that person, those are the, the moments that, like, I feel like parents, we need to prepare our kids for. And knowing that, like, you know, this is the road you're going down, and, like, I support you, and I love you, but this is what you got to face. Yeah. And you got to yeah. be ready. And you can't let these moments break you, because they're going to happen. Because not everyone, you know, I find myself even in this conversation, like, knowing, realizing that you guys are at a whole nother level than I'm at, and understanding, talking about dead names, talking about gender and sex, and I'm open to these conversations, but I re- recognize there are people who, like, there's so much education and so much awareness that needs to happen. And just getting our kids prepared to, like, to deal with that. Because, yeah. like, these are the people you have to deal with. Like, they don't have to worry about me. Like, I'm not, you know, you don't have to worry about me. You have to worry about people who who you're going to have to face who are like, what is, what is it? You know, And I, I think that that's why it's so helpful for this youth to be connected to a community, as Megan said, you know, connecting my son to affirmations, because I know my husband um, is a black man. And so he would say, you know, his it, to speak for him, and I hope he doesn't mind. Um, he has told me that his his family from the minute he was born forward taught him about the safety, the risk the pride, what it means to be black in America and how, Mm -hmm. what to look out for and how that is unique to him um, as as a black man. Um, What is different if you are a transgender individual is you don't come up in a community that is teaching you that, right? I, I am my son's mom and I don't have that expertise. And the moment that my son begins a social transition, safety and risk change a whole lot. And so if I can give my son that connection to a community that can provide that expertise, um, and I as a mom can again take care of myself and realize I have to let other people provide 
that ex- and I have to trust them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have to lean on them to do that. That is so crucial because a lot of a lot of that expertise I don't have. I can talk about safety and um, I can help, you know, every time we pull into a shopping mall or something, we talk about, like, what's this lo- look like? Like, what do we think about our surroundings? But mm-hmm. I think that community is so, so important for youth. Um, what else would you want to kind of offer to parents who, like you mentioned in the very beginning, 99.9% of our parents want to do right by their child. Yeah. But I would say 99.9% of our parents aren't equipped with all the information they need right. to do right by their child. Right. So how can parents, in your opinion, your recommendation, your experience, help themselves be ready to support their children in any situation? Um, it, uh, ideas for parents that um, have a transgender youth... I would say the most important thing is to keep open to finding a, some sort of program for youth um, in your area, and that's not always easy. Um, but reaching out and finding that was a big game changer for me. Figuring out what are your issues and what is, you know, you're allowed to have your own grief and you're allowed to have your own difficult transitions, but being able to separate that out from your child's journey because that really helps you be excited for their journey and, um, and share that excitement and have hope for it. Um, so I would, you know, I mean, I'm a social worker, I'm a therapist, so I, I love therapy. But, like, I, I would really say that it's helpful for parents to have their own place to put that and their own place to process it. And I think that, um, you know, the recommendations also are for kids to be able to have their own their own therapy, and that's not only regarding how to transition and to think about that, um, but also because this is a pretty difficult world they live in, and so mm-hmm. they need as much support as possible. So. As much support as possible. Yeah. Yep. Like, can't have enough. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Can't be too much. Exactly. Yeah. And I love the way you mentioned, number one, finding support, because it's not something we can do by ourselves, Right. Um, And then really, and more importantly, what I'm hearing throughout the entire time we've been speaking today is get out of your own way and get out of your child's way and sit back and listen. One thing that I say a lot is before we have a conversation, what would you like me to do with this information? Yeah. Are you, would you like my suggestion? Would you like me to just listen? And I think as parents, we want to try and fix it all the time. Yeah. But sometimes we don't need to fix anything. We just need to listen. Yeah. And we need to get out of our own way and get out of our child's way. So I appreciate some of those pieces that you shared. And I just um, really want to thank you for joining us. And so I know that's what Wreck-It Ralph was about. Just Really? Getting out of our own way? Well, I mean, Fix It Feel, it was always fixing everything. And Wreck-It Ralph was like trying to not wreck it. And when she got to run her own race... She won. Okay, we went from Marvel right, it was just a, it was to just, sorry, just Ralph. Ralph. That was deep. I mean, <laughs> go watch Wrecky Ralph. You see the connections. Like, yeah, right. I really did not make that connection at all. But now Wreck-It Ralph is going to break the internet. So yeah, sorry. Yeah, That's, I, I did really good keeping my scat brain under control the entire time until the end. <laughs> but that was that was the whole thing. That was the whole episode. That was the whole movie. Like, all right. <laughs> 
This is what we deal with all the time. It's I great. It. I, I love it. it. It's supposed to be. It's, it's amazing. But no, I just, I really want to thank you for not only your advocacy for your son, but also your advocacy for the community in general. Thank you. And um, just, I think this is a message whether a parent has a transgender youth or not, just as parents, we need to get out of our own way sometimes. Yeah. And we need to stop making it about us because yeah. it's not about us. And I think in society, we make it about ourselves so often. Yes. And if we can really focus on the person that's coming to us, whether it's our children or our parents or whoever it is, and get out of our own ways, the world will be in a better place. So Totally agree. I appreciate your time today, Erin. I'm going to ask if you have anything else that you would like to share with us. Um, before we wrap up for the day. Thank you so much for having me. This was a a lot of fun to um, sit and talk with you both. Um, I will say that gender is a super expansive, interesting, amazing, mind-blowing topic. Really important um, to this community as a parent. Um, It is not everything to do with... um, being a parent. And so like what I remember, I think a great takeaway is what I remember every day is like, you have a different name and you have a different journey, but like you are still the hilarious, outspoken, beautiful, amazing individual I have known from the day you were born. And like, that is something to hold on to. And that's the glue that keeps me in the parenting game every day. Yeah. So thanks for having me today. Well, thanks for being on the Mixed Modern Family. Again, you are now a part of the Mixed Modern Family, so awesome. welcome. Um, I guess my final thought for the show would be to just echo your sentiments, Megan, um, of just listening and that your ch- child's happiness is not about you. I think regardless of what your children are going through, you have to re- remember it's their journey. It's their walk through life. And as much as we want it to be them to be happy, we want them to walk their journey and not our own. So a lot of what I've been reading about and a lot of what I've been studying about is what we think is a lot of the things that we think are brought upon us are like, you know, like we think we're not smart because our parents aren't smart or we think, you know, we can't do this because our parents didn't do that. It's not like genetic. It's habitual. It's habits. It's what we learn. It's what we tell ourselves. It's what we feed ourselves. You know, we think we have a big belly because our dad had a big belly. No, you just never learned how to change your diet. And you wonder why you have the one sister that that did. Well, because she didn't buy into the I'm stuck with this. So just, you know, don't make it about you. Keep it about the kids. And, you know, let's uh, let's just learn that there are different perspectives other than our own and that they're okay so with that i'll just leave you with what i always say just know that you are liked and you are loved most importantly know that you are okay we'll see you next time